Bob and Raina here from Sage Investors, and I'm here to do a quick mind map analysis of Take-Two Interactive Stock, uh, ticker symbol TTW0. Uh, I'm doing this in video format, but if you're also interested, I'm also uh, going to be posting a podcast version of this video on my website, sageinvestors.ca, as well as on the Apple Podcasts uh, app, so you can download it through there. Just do a quick search on Stock Talk uh, by Sage Investors. So this is the third in a series of mind map videos that I've been doing on gaming stocks. I've been kind of interested in, in that space because I've just been reading more about gaming stocks and uh, this whole eSports uh, uh, phenomenon that's really emerged here and I thought oh I'd be really I think I need to take a little bit of a dive into some of these different type of stocks so if you've been following the stuff some of the stuff I've been doing um, I've posted a couple of other mind map videos on some gaming stocks uh, one on uh, Activision Blizzard as well as one on Electronic Arts so you can check those out too as well so some of that stuff that I talked about in those uh, videos and podcasts are probably might overlap here a little bit uh, onto this one uh, for those of you, again, who've been following what I've been doing, how I do this stuff, uh, for every company that I analyze, that I look at or uh, from an investment perspective, there's, there's always a series of questions, the same questions that I keep asking uh, over and over again as I evaluate companies because at the end of the day, the goal here is hopefully to be able to have a bit of an idea whether I think the company is good or bad and also to get a bit of uh, some clarity on whether it's, it's a worth, uh, worthy of, uh, of picking up their, their shares. So I'm just going to essentially walk you through the same uh, process that I go through with every company. I'm just going to apply, ask those same questions as it pertains to Take-Two Interactive. So the first question I always ask when I'm looking at a company and looking at a stock is, is what do they do? What do they sell? What are they? What is their value proposition? What makes the stock or the company um, what they offer uh, unique compared to maybe other typical other types of companies out there? So when I looked at Take Two Interactive, <clears throat> essentially they're you know they're, they're they're the maker of video games. That's their thing. They make video games. They make and sell video games. Uh, some of their most well-known uh, video game that you may have heard of out there is Grand Theft Auto. Uh, they do have some other ones like uh, Max Payne that are quite popular and Midnight Club um, that are also quite popular. But the big really claim to fame with Take-Two Interactive is the Grand Theft Auto uh, franchise or series. Um, so how does it work? You know, they make these video games, and traditionally they've, they've, they've sold these video games through, the, you know, through, through a console um, CD, DVD format, your Playstations, your Xboxes, but now the nature of, of the, the industry now, the nature of everything now is we're seeing things shift away from sort of the hard, the hard product to more of a soft copy of the product and we're seeing companies like Take-Two and Electronic Arts and Activision transitioning more to now uh, an online format where you can purchase the games online, you can download the games online, um, and you can also, there's a subscription component now to, to these games, and uh, Take-Two Interactive is, uh, has adopted a similar type uh, uh, policy or a strategy for distributing their, their games. And I'll get to some of their stats in terms of how they've made that transition. So essentially that's what they are. When you look at think of Take-Two, it's essentially video games, and that's their gig. Uh, 
the other area too is that's in that as I talked about it that's really got me interested in looking at all these different gaming stocks is the whole concept of esports, where people now um, compete online. The nature of being able to connect online and play different people in different parts of the world is now you can have more interesting competition. And so this whole concept of esports has come up where you know there's tournaments and competitions and it's not just for the heck of it, it's actually real like life situations and serious, serious uh, um, there's like a tour, a circuit and there's there's money to be made. There's people like if you're really good at gaming Playing some of these games, you can you can almost make a pretty decent living at it now. And if you if you're good if you're that good, it's almost like having a professional. Um, you know, it's like it's, it's almost like you know playing baseball or football or or soccer. You can you can do gaming, and I'll get into some stats in about that. Now the different things with Take Two compared to maybe some of the other ones, other different gaming companies, is from what I understand, and I could be wrong from what I've been reading about it. They don't have um, they don't really have much of an exposure to that to that side of it uh, you know EA Sports with the with Madden football and FIFA there's tournaments there's all kinds of tournaments and competitions and uh, it's you know broadcast on TV much more a greater exposure um, the Overwatch uh, League in that uh, Activision promotes uh, has developed has a really really serious for hardcore following uh, and some of the stuff that Tencent does also is uh, has a bigger following. But from what I can tell, Take-Two is just not as immersed or f as far along in, in ter terms of uh, leveraging the whole eSports concept uh, that's that seems to be growing really, really ridiculously. So that's the nature of the company. It's a video game company. So who do they compete with? Well, they probably compete with other gaming companies. So that would be, and I've kind of named them already, um, your Activision Blizzards, your uh, Electronic Arts, um, and Tencent is a really big player on the mobile side, mobile and also on the Asia side. They are among the big dominant players in terms of uh, online gaming. And uh, so that side of it. Um, then there's also the distributors of the games, and those are companies like like Amazon is a big uh, player in that through their uh, purchase of Twitch, which allows people to stream um, other people playing video games. And so there's the whole distribution side of it um, too. And although I wouldn't consider Amazon a gaming company, um, they do have seem to be wielding a little bit more influence on that side of the space. So. And in a way, it's very. When you think about these companies, it's very. It, the, you know, the, the goal here is to create. You know, create the next. You know, the next blockbuster game. And you know, it's just very similar to like the. You know, and at the end of the day, this is all about entertainment. This is all about catching people's attention. And so it's it's a it's an extremely competitive space. Um, to kind of one-up each other, where they're trying to one-up each other with all kinds of different ideas and contents and games. So, <clears throat> who plays games? Who who are Take Two's primary customers? Well, just like pretty much all the other kind of gaming stocks that I've looked at, the same demographic that seems to come uh, seems to emerge is a younger demographic, the millennial millennial age, um, and 
I would say also slightly older, maybe you're getting into the Gen X, Gen X, uh, Gen X, Gen Y level, because some of these games have been around for forever, like Grand Theft Auto, um, you know, Madden Sports. They've been around, and so I think there, there's there's a definitely generational uh, aspect of uh, of people who would, who would kind of gravitate to these type games. Uh, what but the key kind of personality, the behavior really with with any of these uh, um, demographics is they are they're probably they're very comfortable being connected, and the whole you know they've just grown up with the internet. They're totally immersed in the whole concept of online um, you know relationships and everything and this kind of all feeds this is kind of all fed into this whole emergence of uh, this competitive nature of gaming now that we're seeing that's out there and a lot of it is driven by the mechanics of just having being able to connect with somebody uh, if I'm in New York and connect with somebody in Australia and play a game of Grand Theft Auto um, that ability is now there um, so the other thing we need to ask also as investors is, okay, these are the people who are buying their products, but are they just buying it once in a while or are they very faithful to the product or and are they very loyal and are willing to come back and buy the products over and over and over again? Because ultimately, as investors, we want to invest in companies that can generate recurring revenues, recurring cash flow. And so given the nature of this whole... Um, transition from the come from this console static kind of console format to now a more robust uh, online subscription format what it's done is it's created uh, it's created this more uh, predictable opportunities to generate more predictable cash flow and more recurring cash flow and so when I look at it I think yeah I think definitely um, this is a definite uh, group that I think will come back and buy their products over and over again. So that's all nice and good. It seems really interesting and intriguing, but the, at the end of the day as investors, um, we want to invest in companies that have the ability of demonstrating an ability to make money. And so that leads to the next question I ask is, is this company profitable? Is this company actually creating tangible wealth for its shareholders? So. For me, one of the go-to metrics that I use to help me frame or understand if this company is actually making money is looking at a company's uh, economic profit, which basically takes the company's return on invested capital and subtracts their cost of capital, the weighted average cost of capital. And if it's a positive value, that means that the company is creating positive, tangible wealth for its shareholders. And ultimately, uh, the markets put premiums on, on companies, on shares of companies that can demonstrate an ability to create tangible, create positive economic profit. So when I looked at Take-Two Interactive's uh, financial performance over the last uh, three years, their, rev their returns on invested capital came in between uh, 23 and 25%, which is really strong and really healthy. And their cost of capital is in a ballpark range of about 10%. So this is a company that's creating positive economic profit. They're creating excess tangible wealth for their shareholders. And again, that's this is good things to see. I'll give you some a little bit more information in terms of their performance. Their Grand Theft Auto, if you look at their uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, franchise, that franchise essentially accounts for 30, 30, almost 38, 40 percent 
of, of total revenue. So it's a big chunk of their revenues comes from, from Grand Theft Auto. Um, when we looked at their uh, subscription uh, numbers, I said this company's been transferred. The, the nature right now, we're seeing a great transformation uh, away from console type uh, distribution to now online subscription oriented uh, uh, distribution. And so Take Two's, um, when we look at Take Two's um, numbers, almost 62% of sales are now coming from an online subscription model. And their growth rate, really, in terms of their growth factor, it's about 29, they're, they're putting about a 29% growth rate on the company. So this is a, a very strong, uh, hyper, almost a hyper growth company, which is great to see. As investors, that's what we want to see. We don't necessarily want to see hyper growth, but this is a company that's, that's moving in the right direction. Um, it's got a product that people do want, and that's ultimately what we want to see as investors. So from a financial performance perspective, things seem to be pretty good. Now, the next thing I want to, I always ask about a company when I'm looking at a company is their financial strength. Is this a company that's going to be in business? Does it have enough financial resources? Does it have enough capital to stay in business for a long period of time? Or is this company going to go like bankrupt in like three weeks? So to figure that out, we kind of need to dive into the balance sheet. And so when I'm looking at a company's balance sheet, there's three areas I focus on. I focus on a company's liquidity, the amount of cash flow, the amount of its ability to pay off its short-term obligations. Uh, I look at the company's debt position. Does it have a lot of debt or a little bit of debt? And I look at the quality of the company's assets. Is, is a significant amount of the company's assets in hard, tangible assets, or is it a lot of their assets are tied up with intangible assets like Goodwill or you know, patents and things like that. So in terms of liquidity, uh, when I looked at the company's current assets and compared it to the company's current liabilities, um, which is the current ratio, it came in greater than one, which is means the company has more assets, more than enough current assets to cover off its short-term day-to-day obligation. So that's a good thing. Um, company has 1.7 billion in cash uh, versus 252 million in debt, which is again another really great thing. So if the company wanted to retire all its debt tomorrow, it has more than enough money in the bank to do it. And so that's a sign of a very strong and a very healthy um, business. Um, if you looked at the debt levels, um, their debt equity ratio comes in at about 25%. Again, which is, pretty, which is a pretty strong thing, which is a pretty strong level. Um, I looked at their goodwill and intangibles. And that, the, that, the percentage of goodwill as a percentage as amount of total assets comes in at around 26%, which is to me a little bit high, but it's not, um, it's not horrible because when I go back and I look at the fact that their cash position and the liquidity position and their debt position is pretty strong, um, I can live with this. Um, I, can, I, can, I can tolerate it a little bit better. Um, than I normally, normally would. And it seems to be that's the nature of these kind of gaming stocks is they tend to carry a little bit higher um, goodwill uh, as a percentage of total assets. Um, so it seems like from a financial perspective, this is a company that's being has demonstrated an ability to create tangible wealth and it's got a very strong financial position. So these are good 
things that I, I would want to see as an investor. Now, that being said, um, the next question that I always ask when I'm evaluating a company is has to do with risks. What potentially is out there that could push this company down a few notches? What could take this company down and threaten its, its business model? Um, and there's, when I look at take two, there's about a few things that come really came to mind. Um, <clears throat> first thing that I thought maybe be a risk is the fact that it's the concentration. A lot of Take Two's identity and branding and you know performance is really tied to the whole Grand Theft Auto franchise. They really don't have beyond that. It's pretty fragmented. Their the matter of their revenue streams. So if people just all of a sudden said, you know what, I just don't you know I care less about uh, Grand Theft Auto and it's kind of yesterday's news and I may not be interested in it that could really dent this company, that could significantly impact. And I think it's a nature of, of this sort of gaming, esports thing is, to me, it's got a certain element of, of faddish, of fattiness, I don't know, it's sort of got a fad, uh, faddish feel to it. When I think of, uh, you know, things like poker, it's got, when I think of, like, you remember that big thing with poker and, uh, you know, extreme sports like X Games, if you remember that kind of that little concept that was out there, they're still out there and they're still doing it, but they don't have the same, you know, uh, wow factor as, as they used to. And I wonder if potentially gaming stocks might run into that same kind of uh, mindset. Doesn't seem like it's happening right now, but is it out there? It's out there. Um, another thing is also, this is like an entertainment company. This is an entertainment stock. And people, you know, will spend money on entertainment when they have money. But if, if, if the economy slows down uh, and people have less money or a little bit more tighter with money, um, if they're looking to cut back on their, on their spending and they, uh, on their entertainment, this is probably, this could potentially be one area where people may want to cut down on their costs. So, so I would say that companies like Take-Two are also very sensitive to, to the way of things, the way the economy is going. So it's very dependent upon how the economy is, 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 is functioning. Um, and then the third, final area that I thought potentially could be a weakness is, is right now it's not a player, but at some point, what do the fangs have to say about this? Are they... You know they're seeing what's going on here with this esports and and uh, the whole gaming online gaming concept. Could they start maybe getting into it and start taking maybe some of this market share away from from companies like Take Two? Um, that's possibility. But then the flip side is maybe they could be um, they could be builders or maybe they could be buyers. Maybe they'll. Maybe a company like Take Two could be very ripe for a company like Facebook or Apple that are looking, or Amazon, who are looking to get exposure into this gaming space and want to get a piece of the action. That's potentially out there. So that's not so much a risk, but it potentially be an opportunity um, for some of these companies like Take Two. So, so there we are. We've you know we've we know what the company does. We know who they compete with. We know the type of behaviors of their 
core customers and their main customers. There's a company that's creating tangible wealth, strong financial position. There are risks, but potentially there could be a lot of rewards too, as some of these companies like Take-Two could be positioned to be bought out. And, uh, but there's positions, situations that could occur that could negatively impact um, a company uh, in the long term. And with Take-Two's perspective, it's how dependent do they get on Grand Theft Auto? Maybe they need to expand their library out a little bit more and diversify their, their product, their portfolio offering. All these elements need to be considered. So, which leads to, the, I guess, the final question. Everything looks, seems to look pretty good for the company, but at the end of the day, as investors, uh, we want to get a good deal. and We want to buy the stock. If we were interested in buying the stock, we want to buy it at a reasonable price. So the last question I always ask then is, is the stock cheap or is the stock cheap or is it too expensive right now? So there's a couple of ways we can kind of answer this question. And one way is to look at it on a relative basis and compare uh, Take-Two versus other um, gaming companies, gaming stocks. So one way we can do it is look at it as a multiple, as a PE multiple. So if you look at the forward PE of Take-Two, right now it's coming in around, it's actually around in the 30 range. And if you look at the industry, it's in the mid-20s, it's in the 25 range. So from that perspective, I would think the stock looks uh, expensive, looks overpriced compared to other companies in the industry. The other way we can look at the company is from a discounted cash flow perspective and looking at the company's future cash flows, discounting them back to a present value and establish a, put a valuation on it, look at it from an intrinsic value perspective. Um, when I looked at different models out there, the company's value, uh, intrinsic value range comes in between 81 and $115. That's the range right now, valuations that I see about it. The stock right now, as I'm doing this, is trading at uh, 125 So when I look at these two elements from a relative and a discounted cash flow perspective, I would, I would have to say right now, if I, it's, if I were to look into this company, if you're gonna buy it, you're gonna, you're gonna pay a, a bit of a premium on it. So I would say right now that the stock is overpriced. And so from my perspective, you know, I'm intrigued by this. This is a really, seems like it's a really strong company and creates a lot of tangible wealth and has a good financial position. Um, but it's, it's really pricey right now. It's in an interesting space it's in a growing space, but right now, when I look at it, if I were going to buy it today, I probably wouldn't buy it because I just, on a relative and an intrinsic value perspective, it's it's pricey. And I guess the other thing that would kind of make me want to hold off on buying it is just this concentration risk. The fact that a lot of this company is really branding and, and viability is, is tied to Grand Theft Auto. And so there is a high risk if people get really finicky with the types of video games they want to play and maybe Grand Theft Auto uh, becomes a little bit passe, that uh, this could really impact their uh, their overall financial performance from their set. So at the end of the day, when I looked at all this stuff and I answered all these questions, my, my, my take on it is it's a good company, it's an interesting company, but there's a little bit too many eggs on one basket and on a valuation perspective, it seems to be overpriced. So right now, if I were to make a decision, I would... I would uh, I would not buy uh, take two right now. 
So there you go. If you've got any questions about this and any other types of uh, analysis that I've been doing, you can give me a shout on my website, sageinvestors.ca. You'll find other videos and uh, podcasts about uh, other different companies and all things, basically all things uh, investing. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors, and you can follow me on my Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Uh, just do a search on Sage Investors. So there you go. That's my mind map analysis of Take-Two Interactive. Thank you very much for listening in, looking in. My name again is Amin Reina. I'm an investment coach at Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.